hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Today on the podcast review show, we're looking at the Code 3 podcast at code3podcast.com. Welcome to the podcast review show hosted by radio veteran Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTalentCoach.com and Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dave and Eric help you identify those things you are doing right so you can do more of those and lose those things that don't deliver value to your audience. Join in on the conversation at PodcastReviewShow.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast review show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. This is where we grab a, uh, a podcaster tonight. We got Scott Orr from code three podcast and uh, we find out what they're doing right. So they can do more of that. And then we might find those things that need just a little bit of polish so they can do less of those or maybe shine them up so that they're more things they want to do right. And uh, joining me as always is Eric K. Johnson. You know him from podcasttalentcoach.com. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Things are good, Dave. Been fighting off the winter weather and the crud that comes along with it, but back in the saddle and ready to get at it again. That is always, uh, it's that time of year. And I know a lot of people, I'm in Ohio. Uh, you're out in, where's again? Nebraska? Nebraska, yep. Yes. Yep. And uh, and our guest tonight is in sunny California. So jealous. <laughs> yeah. Scott, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's great to be here with you two guys. Yeah. What what inspired you to uh, to start this podcast? I know you have a journalism background and you've You've been studying, you know, firefighters for years. Was this just a, you said, Hey, this is a venue to kind of keep doing what you've been doing or where was there more to it? Or what's, what's the overall goal of the podcast? Well, you know, I always kind of wanted to be a firefighter, but I never was. And I instead spent my career covering them. So when it came time to start a podcast, I, I did one about me for about five minutes, and it was called Scott Center, and it was just, it was, it was actually not bad, but I ran out of, <laughs> ran out of material really fast, which tells you about my life, but then I said I need to come up with something where I can have a little more to work with, and I realized that the fire department in town was willing to work with me. And wow, there's a medical helicopter going over. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's uh, right. You'll hear fire engines also. We live right next to a fire station. It's kind of handy. There you go. So I decided to, so I decided to, to, to do something that would help out the fire service. And, you know, as you may notice by listening, I tend to ask the questions that, that other firefighters might want to know, and then I get out of the way and I let them answer because I'm no expert. Scott, how long have you been uh, battling Parkinson's disease? Uh, about 15 years now. And by the way, my wife has pointed out that if I had been a firefighter when I was diagnosed at age 38, I would have been done. 
<laughs> so it's probably good that I wasn't one. And when you were a, a full-time journalist, uh, what were you covering? What beats? And was it uh, uh, what medium were you in? I was in television years. Then I got into print in a small town in Arizona named Prescott. There I had an actual beat. I covered courts, cops, and fire. Uh, things with flashing lights in hand. When I worked in TV, <laughs> I did all sorts of jobs. I did all sorts of jobs. I mean, I did everything from starting back when people did that, all news department. And, you know, I, I covered thousands of fire-related stories. I realized these are just quality people. I mean, everybody, every every profession has the outliers. But as a general rule, they're good people who want to help, and that's what they do. Very cool. Nice. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll play the, I think this is like the first uh, almost two minutes. And uh, I got to say, your audio quality is, everything sounded really pro on this. So here's the the beginning of uh, the show. Stop, look at the house, take a deep breath, and then go. Too many people come off and they're just grabbing and they're just yanking and running. And it's, it's like their brain has disengaged. There's nothing wrong with taking a, a couple seconds and planning your travel path. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again for another edition of Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. There's a certain mindset that says it doesn't matter how you start as long as you finish strong. But that's not always true. One example, when you pull your first line in a fire. How you do it and where you do it sets the whole scene for the firefight. If there's confusion about where those initial lines are going, you'll end up with a bowl of spaghetti. Back with me today to explain how and why to best stretch that first line is John Lightley. He's a battalion chief in the Youngstown, Ohio Fire Department with over 20 years on the job. And John Lightley joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Scott, thanks for having me back. So let's get started. The way you start pulling hose often determines how the firefight's going to go. So what's the first thing to consider when you reach for the line? Bam, and that's it. So uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I, For me, I love the fact that, first of all, I love just the overall 
kind of vibe. It's like it's this action packed kind of. And then you got the sirens and everything. I thought that was just really good production. But I love the fact that you did a great job of explaining who your guest was, uh, how many years he's had on the force, where he's from. And then the fact that you did not say, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was like, hallelujah. Somebody got it right. I was like so happy. And uh, I just, I thought it was a great uh, intro. Eric, what were your thoughts? I agree. I thought the uh, drop at the beginning was great. It really uh, set the tone for the show without giving too much away. Uh, I thought the uh, introduction to the show, talking about strategies and tactics and other topics you need to know about as a firefighter, set up the podcast overall. Um, I love how you embrace Parkinson's right up front. Uh, Be careful that you don't get a little too sing-songy with it and a little too DJ-ish, but definitely keep up the energy and keep embracing it like you do and i agree with dave i love the uh i love the fact that you jump right in with a with a useful question rather than a tell me a little about yourself you give uh the guests background and and talk about him being a battalion chief and everything we need to know about him before we get into the episode so the the listeners all up to speed with what's going on and we jump right in we know um why we should listen to him we know his superpower we know what uh, what he's all about and why he's an authority in the space. And then what's the first thing to consider when you reach for the line was a great way to jump off the conversation. I thought the uh, the opening was very strong. Yeah. And then uh, as I was listening, I forget what he says, but I think just the fact that like, like if it was me, I'd be like, well, when you're grabbing the hose, like that would be me, but they're like, no, you got to grab the line. And they, there was just a, an ever so little bit of jargon that I was like, okay, this is cool because if I'm a fireman, they're using a little bit of that, jar, like not jargon in a bad way, but like it's, it's, it's the group speak. This is what, fi- this is how firemen talk. So I'm thinking this is cool that if I was a fireman, I'd be like, ah, oh, these are my peeps. So I've already known that this is exactly where I, uh, I want to be. So I, yeah, was but it's of, not, it's not too much lingo. So we're lost, right? It's enough to make us feel like we're part of the group. Um, yeah. but, but we still understand what's going on, which was really pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I really, really, uh, I just thought it was great and it made me smile. And the fact that the thing that, that I really liked about this show was as I was going through, like you picked one topic and went so deep into it and uh, for me, if I was a fireman, if I was a captain, I would play this for my crew because you talked about pulling a hose off of a truck. That was the subject and how what was uh, involved with it. And um, your guest did some really great answers of, uh, I mean, I kind of sat here and played like 37 clips because it was like the fact that he mentioned that like usually a, a hose is about 50 feet but it depends on where you're at. Sometimes if you're in this part of the neighborhood, 50 feet will get you to the front porch and other places, 50 feet will get you to the front porch through the living room and out the back kitchen. And he was just like, you just got to think about it. And and so it was just really, um, really good questions. But it, it, and it was the other thing that I liked about it is you say, we're going to talk about strategies. And it was like, Oh, Holy cow. They're actually doing what they said they were going to do at the beginning of the show. They're actually talking about, well, should I pull the hose off this way or should I do this? And it just seemed like uh, for me, uh, just like from from a teaching background, there are things that you do in your job that if you just take a second to step back and go, hmm, maybe we should put 
these students in this area and this and that. And it just takes a little extra time to just just take a second to think about it a second. And that's kind of what I got from this conversation was it was um, when it comes to getting a hose off of a truck and making sure you're not creating a mess, you know, just take a second to, to think about it. Eric, what did you think about the, the conversation? I thought the same thing. I love the fact that, you know, when we started talking at the beginning, it's going to be about uh, strategies and tactics. And I thought, okay, how much could there possibly be? But just the fact that he says, when you get off the truck, take a second to determine your strategy of attacking the fire rather than just running up to the front door, kicking it in and start spraying water everywhere. Like, it, it, like determine your game plan for two seconds before you jump at it. I, th- there's just a lot of little nuggets in the episode like that, that if, if uh, it just seems to me, you know, I'm big into sports. And so the nuances of the strategy uh, make a big difference when it comes to uh, winning a game. And, and I can imagine the same thing would be true for firefighting, just those little nuances of which direction you pull the hose and how you kick in the front door and who goes in first and all of those little things uh, probably make a, a huge difference when it uh, comes to firefighting. And I thought, I just love the way it focused on that one small aspect of firefighting, yet we made it a captivating discussion for 15 or 20 minutes, whatever it happened to be. Well, and I don't know that you planned it, but like when he was talking about how a guy, you know, we finally get the hose to the door and like guy number one with the hose is, is ready to run in and start squirting stuff. And so in some cases, if that guy kicks open the door and he turns around and his team is like, Oh, wait a minute, we got to put our masks and gloves on yet. They're like, Oh, great mm-hmm. way to go junior. Because now we let all this oxygen <laughs> into the house and things are going up in flames. And I was like, wow, I never thought about that. And, but then the other thing I thought that was really interesting is, okay, what if that guy doesn't kick in the door He's standing there waiting for his team to put his gloves on. Meanwhile, the neighbors are out with their phone, taking a picture of four fire guys on the on the front porch, trying to put their stuff on, going, man, it's too slow. And I'm like, that is not a cool place to be right now. I'm like, because if you run in, well, now you're causing a problem. And if you sit there and make sure you've got all your ducks in a row, which actually would be better for the fire, but to the untrained eyes, it's like, I don't know, a bunch of guys are sitting on the porch working with their gloves. Well, yeah. So I, that was another thing. I was just like, it, it put me into the shoes of a fireman that I'd never really thought of. And I, I can just picture some rookie guy on his first call. He's got the hose. He's ready to go. Kicks in the door and he turns around and there's nobody behind him or they're all putting <laughs> on their masks or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's what I would have done. I would have been like, I want to go, you know, it's a fire. I want to go put it out. So, it reminded me of uh, talking to my buddy who's a firefighter and he was telling me he was, he was running into this house to to fight a fire that was down in the basement. He goes, yeah, I'm running in there with this yard breather. And I said, yard breather, what, what's that? And he goes, well, it's this guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's he's not getting down the stairs fast enough, and he's standing upright. So he's up in all the smoke, and he can't breathe. And so we just sent him out into the yard, and he stands out in the yard going, <laughs> and so he's, he just became a yard breather while we were in fighting the fire. And I, and that just kept going through my head as I was listening to this episode. Just those guys that, oh, hold on, I got to put my gloves on. Like, where did you think we were going? The grocery store? Come on. <laughs> it's just true, you know. They have if they're if they're doing it right, they're as prepared as possible when they get off the rig. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, but that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll back, if I can back up for a second. Sure. I make the reference to Parkinson's because, you know, Dave, when I did a podcast rodeo show, Dave played a clip for the weekend show. I'm sorry, I'm getting them all mixed up now. I'll ask the podcast. Ask the podcast. Yeah, and and Jimmy Collison listened to it, and of course he didn't know what was wrong at first. They had a little discussion about how I could tell people without saying, "Hey, everybody, I have Parkinson's, so you should listen." <laughs> right, and you know that was the best way I could come up with. It seems to it seems to make the point without beating people over the head with it. Yeah, I love the way you do it. You know, I love the way that you embrace it and you say you're not going to let Parkinson stop you. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, my my recommendation is just don't get too bouncy with your voice where it goes up and down and up and down. And that's when, you know, that's when you become, you know, weekend top 40 DJ voice, you know, Dave, Dave Jackson style. <laughs> or like, here's Johnny. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, that, because that, in the entire episode, Scott, that's the only place you do that. You didn't do yeah. that any other place in the entire episode other than that one thing. But I, but I love the I love the playfulness of the fact that, you know, you're you're putting it out there, letting everybody know. So they're like, oh, now I get it. And, you know, by the time you're two minutes into the episode, you know, you're just having a conversation again and it's all it's all good. It's only that one little spot just little things like that to be aware of because in listening to this entire episode there's not a whole lot to to tear apart and restructure and and build back up you you have a solid podcast there are only little things like that like there's a, a little part um you your journalism nature comes out in you in your episodes because you're very uh inquisitive and you ask a lot of questions um and there's a, a good side and a bad side to that. The good side is you know how to get great information out of your guest. You know how to get to it quickly um, because as a journalist, you don't usually have a lot of time to interview somebody. You need the you need the 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 big points, the big facts. You need it now, and you need to get your story done. the The negative side of that is. Uh, it doesn't allow you enough time to slow down and tell us a little bit about yourself and let a little bit of you shine. We don't get to know you so much in the episode because you're you're being that journalistic interviewer. I would recommend you kind of you kind of slow down and and have that conversation with your guest. Um, things you've experienced over the years, the the things you've seen and covered in your uh, journalistic background. Things like that to let us get to know you a little bit more. I love the fact that the beginning that you tell us you have Parkinson's disease because that tells us a little bit about you. I love in the intro where you tell us um, you're an Edward R. Murrow winner and and uh, you know you've been in journalism for a long time. That tells us a little bit about you. But as you conduct your interview, we don't learn so much about you there. I would like to see you slow down a little bit, have a little more of a conversation, and let us get to know and love you a little bit more as we listen to the episodes. I know that I've had a problem with that because I've spent my whole career trying not to be the story, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. You right. know the story. I'm just trying to and trying to I, I know that I know there's room for me in there somewhere, but I'm having some difficulty bringing it out naturally. 
Yeah. So when you're interviewing somebody, uh, it was was your guest's name John. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. John Lightley, yeah, yeah. So you're if you're saying John, you know, uh, back in the day when I used to talk to firefighters, you know, covering the beat for the uh, San Diego Chronicle, uh, I used to realize, you know, that most uh, firehouses only had. Uh, three trucks or such and such. And, you know, do, doesn't your, uh, aren't you a, a lot more equipped? Aren't you able to do more with three trucks today than you were 20 years ago? Or, you know, something like that where it's, you're still shining the spotlight on them, but you're kind of revealing a little of your background in the question. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. That I could probably, yeah, I can probably work that in. That's a good idea. And then uh, there really wasn't much to, uh, like I said, the all the questions, the conversation was good. Uh, Eric, I pulled a clip. You had you had, had a, a one little note about this particular clip. Now, one thing we want to avoid is a spaghetti ball all over the front yard. How how do we avoid that? Is it a matter of pulling the right line, or is it a matter of planning where we're going with them, or what? I personally think it's both. So, Eric, I'll let you take that. So, the the I thing I loved about this... Eric, Eric is going to say that I gave him choices A and B to answer, right? Yeah, that is it. <laughs> How did you know, Scott? Have Tell him what he's won. Because, because as soon as I asked him, I went, oh, Eric would hate that. Because you always say, don't... You say, don't give him a question and then say, is it A, B, or C? Yeah, right. Right. Well, and and can I can I throw myself under the bus? The very first question of this episode, as I said it, I'm like, you just asked him three questions <laughs> in one question, so right, it's, it's easy to do. So uh, the thing I loved about the question though was the whole uh, spaghetti bowl um, visualization. Like I can see, I'm picturing a fire truck, you know, hook and ladder on the street. It's dark out. You know, it's kind of a chill in the air at night and there's just there's just fire hoses strewn all over the front yard tied in pretzels like a spaghetti bowl, you know, and trying to figure out as they're trying to pull them back and and put them back on the truck, trying to figure out which one's which and get them untangled and everything. It was just a great Mm -hmm. visual for me. Um, And then you went into the multiple choice question. And then I was like, oh, if you just would have, you know, give give him the opportunity because we can't always guess the right answer. That's why I dislike uh, multiple choice uh, questions, because if I ask you a question, I said, is it A or B? And it's actually D, but you didn't give me a chance to think of D. I might pick A or B and just go, yeah, it's B and, and be done with it. You know, where he was good enough, he said, well, it's actually both. And then he continued on uh, rather than just leaving it right there. Um, the the multiple choice question allows the guest to, to skirt the question and just give you a real short answer by picking one of your choices rather than elaborating on it. Hmm. And then along with that, I also try to do the other thing you talk about, which is put the preamble to the question ahead of the question. Yes. I heard, the, I heard you do that so a do lot. You like this, do you like this? Because I don't. You right. Know, do, you, do you like chocolate? Because I like vanilla. Yeah, I heard you do that a lot. You would set up the question, you know, when you're pulling the when you're pulling the hose off the truck and it creates that spaghetti bowl effect in the front yard, you know, what's the one thing you would recommend to avoid that? 
I would hear you set up the question prior to asking it. You did a great job doing that. I would have liked to have heard him tell a few more stories. I think firefighters um, naturally lend themselves to telling some great stories. So for this one here, for example, when you're talking about the spaghetti bowl effect in the front yard, um, you might ask him something like, excuse me, you might ask him something like, hey, tell me about a time when the uh, spaghetti lines out front of the house caused big issues. And he could say, oh, you know, this one time I was working with this rookie and we pulled three lines off the truck and he was running right alongside of me and we got all tied up. And next thing you know, we couldn't get that the hose into the house because, you know, yada, yada. And, and, you know, it burned three quarters of the house more than it needed to. Or, you know, he could tell you a story of of fighting fires, because I think that's the that's the captivating part of it for guys who might not be firemen. Even guys who are firemen just love to share war stories. So. Um, I, I, that's one thing I would like to hear more from him rather than just straight line strategies and tactics, a few more, uh, stories and a little more theater of the mind with him. I think that's probably yeah, yeah. The, the case with it. If I had a fireman in front of me, the first thing I'm going to, you know, ask is like, you know, have you ever almost died or whatever, something uh, you, you want to get them to talk about. Cause we, I mean, those guys are heroes. So we want to like, tell me a story about, where you did something heroic is kind of what we're shooting for, whether we voice that or not. And I'm not sure that everybody has one of those, you know, answers that it may just be, well, I am, I had a friend of mine that was a firefighter. And he finally uh, studied and became a, uh, an EMT. He's like, yeah, he goes, I never did put out a fire. He goes, I did all sorts of stuff. Hmm. He, he uh, uh, joined a scuba like squad and they, he would be the guy that would go through the the lakes looking for the gun or whatever. And he's like, but most of the stuff, he goes, I never really like, you know, ran up the stairs with a hose. He goes, that just <laughs> never, never happened. So um, it would be great if we, if they had some sort of story or something like that. Uh, but uh, then the, uh, the other thing I thought you did really well was, um, was your ending. And it sounded like this. All right. That's it. That's all for this edition of code three. This time we talked about pulling the first line and getting it into position. Where do you stand? Are you a fast water advocate or do you prefer an aggressive interior attack? I'd like to find out what you think and why. Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I'll read your comments and play your messages on a future show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com. It sounds great. I don't know who that voiceover guy is, but uh, he's a radio guy who happens to work on Fiverr, and we just lost them. And we're all back now. (laughs) Edit edit point one. He's a radio guy who works on Fiverr, and I found him, and I've been using him ever since. Um, You know, most people don't use their last names, but he happened to include in his profile photo a 
banner kind of in the back of the studio where I could read what his morning show name was. So I looked up the morning show online and figured out where he worked. Yeah. And he, he's, you know, he's, he's good. Your yeah. journalistic skills well, coming into play there. Well, I'll figure <laughs> out who he is and where what his phone number is. Yeah. Well, you know, he does a good job because he knows what it's supposed to sound like. So I don't yeah. have to say, no, that's not what I meant. You know, he just, you wind him up long ago and he comes back with exactly what you need. But you did, uh, the, there was pretty much just one that it, it, if we counted the, the, the little baby segment before this, um, you had a, a, a small thing about Patreon and I thought that was quick and to the point. And then this was really your final call to action. And I just love the fact that it was all about the community. It was like, I want to hear from you. You gave the phone number. Uh, and, and the more that, that, talk we were talking about earlier where I'm not really sure what it was, but I know if I was a fireman, I knew what it was. Cause you said, are you a fast water something or a something, something, something. And I know they were both strategies for aiming a hose at something or putting out a fire or something like that. <laughs> uh, Eric, what were your thoughts on the ending? I like the, uh, I like the concise call to action and the focus on uh, engaging with the show because uh, as we talked earlier, uh, your your uh, goal is to to get create more engagement and get more feedback and response from people who are listening to the show, and that's what the call to action at the end was. Um, since the phone number is not real easy to remember, I would uh, suggest mm-hmm. just sending people to the website to the contact page. You know, if you have uh, go to code three podcast dot com slash contact, and you can uh, email me, call me, uh, you know, send carrier pitches to me, whatever you want right there uh, on the website. So because it, it's tough to follow, I need something to write down that phone number and, and you only give it once and it's, and it, and it's not an easy to remember sort of number. Um, you might just put all of that. Hey, if you want to email me or uh, reach out to me, you want to call me, whatever it is, you can find all my contact information on it on code three podcast.com slash contact or something like that. That way it makes it super easy for people to find it when they're ready to, to do that, but I loved how it's all, all um, interaction related because that's the that's your goal is to get people to to engage with the show. So I like that part about it. Yeah, and then uh, I love the yeah, fact. Uh, yeah, then you also explained the why, which uh, I always explain to people. Adults want to know why, and so when you say, and I will play it in a future episode, um, some people are gonna. It depends, I guess, on the person, but some people will. That might make them run away because they're afraid about speaking in public. But other people like, I'm going to get on the radio. I'm going to send something in. And that's usually the the case, especially in this case, the the just the um, the environment is is very much to me an educational kind of environment. It's all about how to do the job better, more safety, uh, things of that nature. So I, I could see people chiming in just with a tip or a story or something like that. Have you gotten any interaction from the audience? No. I mm. mean, I get some on Facebook because what I do is for every episode, I have a custom audiogram format that I use in Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I generally use that teach from the episode as a standalone audiogram those people will will comment on on Facebook, but unfortunately, I rarely get emails and I don't get any phone calls, and I don't know why. 
Hmm. You know what you might do, Scott? If somebody leaves you a great comment on Facebook or something like that, direct message them. Like, let's say uh, Firefighter Dave jumps on there and and leaves you, uh, you know what I recommend to rookies is that they do X, Y, and Z, and you would love to play that on the show. Shoot them a direct message and say, hey, Dave, thanks for the great uh, comment on the post. I would love to play your comment on the show. If you could call this phone number and just leave what you just said in a voicemail message, I'd love to play it on the show and, and highlight you. And some will do it, some won't do it. But you, if you can get two or three to do it and you start playing uh, comments on the show, the more comments you play, the more comments you will get. Um, but it may, it may take you to just chum the water a little bit and prime that pump and get people to call in by reaching out and saying, hey, I love what you had to say. I'd love to have it in audio format. If you could just um, either record a message or call my voicemail and just leave it there, I, I'll grab it and play it on the show. Yeah, I actually uh, just did that. Idea. I just just You're, did that. Had somebody leave somebody a comment. Else? Yeah, somebody left a comment on the on the website, and I'm like, wow, thank you so much for chiming in. I really appreciate your opinion. I would love to play this on the show. Is there any chance you can call? And I put the number right in the response. I said, can you just call this number? And if you want, just read what you just put. Like, you don't have to make anything up. Just read your comment, and I would love to play that on a future episode. And the guy was like, uh, I'll try to get around to it. And I was in my head, I'm thinking, come on. It's like, I can't just click and talk. That's all you have to do. And sure enough, they did. It took him like a day and a half, but he got it later. But, um, it's we do that a lot with, uh, with morning show topics. You know, it used to be when you did a topic on a morning show on the radio, you would just hope you got great calls and you'd have your phone screener over talking to them and getting their story and then say, okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. We'll put you on the air. And now a lot of times morning shows will post it on Facebook the night before, Mm. and find the great ones and then reach out to those people and say, uh, hey, Dave, your story was great. I'd love to have you tell it on the show in the morning. Could we call you? Shoot me your phone number. And uh, they send in the phone number. And then in the morning, the morning show just calls them and and records the story again and plays it back like as if they just called the show that right. morning. Prime the pump. I like that. That's, that's a smart idea. You know, money, give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work for everybody, but the more you air on the show, the more people will participate. And your website. Yeah. Your, your website is uh code. And then the number three podcast.com. And it's boy, when you show up, you don't have to wonder what the show's about. <laughs> That's the thing I love about it. It's everything's bright red and you got your flames at the top here and a, the red smoke in the background. So uh, that, is, that, that it passes the test. You know exactly what it's for. Um, Eric, I'll let you kind of take over with the, the website. I love the thoughts? way the, uh, I love the way the podcast is featured right here on the homepage. Um, the big subscribe buttons, not only up here on the upper right hand side with the Apple podcasts and Google podcasts, but on the podcast page and even further down there's like a list of i don't know 127 ways to subscribe <laughs> to the show so you make it super easy to get subscribers which uh was great i like the um if you can go to the episode page dave the uh episode list i to me i'm a very uh i like structure i'm not a big artsy kind of guy i don't like it all over the place and i like i don't know what what 
plugin or app you're using to create this, but with the, with the name of the episode and the content that's on it and the date it was released, it's all here in a nice kind of spreadsheet grid. So, and it's all formatted the same. I can go through and find the exact episode I want to listen to. Um, I love just the clean look of the whole thing. Um, if I had to change one thing on here, uh, I would change the newsletter. Newsletter just is so like, I don't know anybody that's going, boy, I wish I had another newsletter. Um, <laughs> if, if that could be something more exciting um, and, you know, it's like, hey, uh, we'll tell you when the next episode's out or we'll send you the show notes. Um, I If there was something more exciting about it i i don't i don't know what it would be i'm not i don't live the lifestyle so um i if i were to change anything it would be to make the newsletter a little more exciting i love the uh the buy the code three merch um i think the the t-shirt's the only thing you have up there right now but i thought that was pretty cool um i'd like to see you on the show focus more on uh support the show by buying a t-shirt rather than uh supporting the show by donating donating you know, a, a dollar to me on Patreon. Um, because, you know, if you mark up the t-shirts, if you're buying them for $8 and selling them for 25, um, uh, you know, you sell one, it's going to be a heck of a lot better than <laughs> trying to get, you know, 25 Patreon members in there. Um, so oh, I think true. I like the t-shirt, uh, part of it. My favorite, favorite part of the entire, uh, podcast or the website, website. is, how to listen to how yeah. to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I thought the this instructions was you had were great. Anybody that has a podcast needs to just basically rip off your page here, Scott, because I thought the how to listen to it on Apple and how to listen to it on Android, hands down, one of the, the best instruction pages I've seen. Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, okay, I'm going to be talking about this in the future because <laughs> it's like here, click here, step two. Click on the search button. Step three, type in code. And the, like he's, he's, he's got arrows. Click here, type this, do this. There's, you know, so easy a monkey can do it basically. Right. And, and then the same thing for <laughs> the Android side. So I really like that. I was like, that was, uh, and then of course you've got the subscribe buttons all over the place. So, uh, I thought that was good that you really gave, uh, you know, here's the steps and here's where to do it. The only thing I could find that I that I was kind of like mm, is at the top you have the code three store, and this is super easy to fix. When you click on that, it takes away the website. I would just make that open up in a new window because if yeah, I come over because if I come over here and go, oh. eh, I'm not really interested in a T-shirt. I've got to hit the back button, and if I close this, then I've lost your website. Then that I was because the whole thing I was like, wow, I really like the show, and I. I like the website. I like, uh, and I was like, well, I got to find something here. And when I finally clicked on that, I'm like, okay, there we go. There's, there's one thing I can say, here's something you could, uh, could do. But uh, uh, all in all, I thought the website was good. It, this is a great example of, because sometimes when people have a business, they're not sure how to integrate a podcast into it. This is very much, this is a podcast website that has other things like, How did Dave freeze? Dave never freezes. We freeze. As we are, are we all back? There fine. he is. <laughs> We're back. Um, you freeze. We don't freeze. I don't understand why you freeze. It, it's really weird. And we will we, <laughs> we'll try that again. I'm going to pause for like three seconds here. Okay. This is this is a <laughs> podcast page 
that has some business aspects to it. You've got your support the show. You've got t-shirts, things like that, where some people, it gets confusing because they'll have a business and they'll try to squeeze a podcast into it. This is very obviously podcast first and support the show is uh, obviously we want that. But the first thing we got to do is get them to listen. And I thought it was just a great example of, you know, giant play button, giant subscribe buttons, directions. I'm like, this is, it's great. And a contact button that's not hidden with the phrase. I always love like, buy me a coffee or, you know, (laughs) tickle my brain or what I'm like, no, it's contact us. You know, it's it's very, very simple, very obvious what it is. It's possible. It's possible to be too cute. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Eric, anything else on the on the website? No, I thought I love the way the the color scheme is carried throughout the entire site. It looks great. I, I liked it. Yeah, and also then carried on on the actual artwork of uh, of the show, which is great. So, Scott, do you have any questions for us? Well, yeah, I'm still struggling with how to get into some of these interviews. You know, I think I mentioned on the form if. They say, if I introduce them and they say more than just, hey, you know, if they say it's great to be here, been listening to your show for a while, then I can generally say something like, hey, it's great to have you here. But otherwise, I'm a little stuck for how to, how to smoothly get into these interviews and get into the first question. Well, I think that's kind of, um, uh, I think we put too much weight into that smooth transition, that smooth uh, segue from introduction into first question. Like we feel like we have to go, Dave, thanks for being here. How are you, buddy? You know, like we don't, that doesn't need to happen. Like most people know that we're not just all of a sudden uh, clicking connect and starting the interview. Like it's, you know, today on the show, uh, I have my buddy Dave Jackson, you know, he runs School of Podcasting. I would just say, Dave, thanks for being here. Uh, in 2005, how did you even discover podcasting? And then Dave would say, man, Eric's great to be here. You know, back in 2005, I would do the thing. And so I'm just right into the first question. I don't need to wait for his response to, uh, hey, thanks for being here. Um, because most guests don't know what to say with, uh, thanks for being here. Well, it, oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back on. Cause I remember back in 1986 when you had me on, it was a, a great opportunity. Like that, that all that doesn't need to happen. Just yeah. jump into the question and call it good. Like your first question is what's the first thing to consider when you reach for the line? I would just say, John, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come back on today and talk about pulling the line from the truck. Uh, what's the first thing to consider when you reach for the line? And he would say, Scott, I appreciate you having me back on. You know, when you reach for the line, the first thing you got to do is you know, create a game plan and he'll roll right into it. Just don't I don't All put right. don't put more emphasis on it than needs to be. Yeah. All right. And, and, I did have someone who just said he said, Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm blah, 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 blah. And he said, Boy, I'm not doing so well right out of the gate. Let me start <laughs> over. So I so I reintroduced him, and he said, "Thank you." And that was <laughs> that was it. Which know? is another way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things that you know it's it's like it's like a dance in a way. If you think about it, that there's always I, I love the comedian Dennis Miller said it's always awkward to watch 
the average white male as they saunter onto the dance floor. He goes, and then there's that that time when they finally decide I'm going to dance and they just start shifting their weight. He goes, it's, it's awkward. He goes, but once they get going, they're fine. And I'm kind of that same thing. I think, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing somebody onto the dance floor and it might be a little awkward at first, but once you get that first question out and they just start talking, I don't think anybody's going to go, well, that was an awkward transition. I think once the conversation starts and the, that first question gets out there, at that point, you're just listening and you're ready for the next question or the follow-up question and things like that. I'm I'm with Eric. I wouldn't overthink it. It it uh, it can really mess with your head. I I I'm working with a client right now that's he's he's thinking of the the big story of of the like every episode is like a big big story. And I'm like, let's not worry about the 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 thousands of people that are listening. I go because right now you don't have thousands of people. I go let's just <laughs> let's just get it out of the gate here and it'll it'll be fine. So I think sometimes we we can really psych ourselves out when we really think, Oh, well, this has to be this awesome transition and it needs to be super smooth. And, you know, and if all else fails, you fix it in editing. So <laughs> pull up Larry King on YouTube and watch him. Oh, introduce his guests. You know, he'll just say, uh, Dave Jackson's here with us school of podcasting, Dave podcasting. Really? What's the deal there? You know? And he just like hits him. Like yeah. there is no even <laughs> thanks for being here. It's just like Larry King just head first right into the question. Yeah, he's he's well, uh then, then maybe I'm going the right way then. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions and for so, us? Yeah, just real quick a little more reinforcement that my voice is all right. It's not too distracting. I don't think so at all. You know, uh as as you and I have talked before, Scott, you there something you have good days and you have bad days. You know, I thought yeah. this episode here, um, you sounded pretty good. You sounded like you had a lot of energy and, and um, you know, Parkinson's can wreak havoc on you. And some days you just, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle to string a sentence together. And, uh, but I thought this one was, was solid. I thought your voice quality uh, wasn't distracting and it, we got through it just fine. Yeah. And, and the fact that you mentioned it at the beginning um, when I first heard your show on the podcast rodeo show and I was like, I think I reached out and I'm like, is there something going on here? Cause I was like, either Scott is drinking a lot or something's, <laughs> something's going on here. And he said, no, I have Parkinson's. I'm like, oh, and that's what I said. I said, I think you should mention this because once you know that, right. Then, um, there was a, um, Michael Hyatt and Michelle, I want to say her name was Kashakton and she had. Um, some sort of throat cancer or whatever, and they took out like half her tongue. And so when she first came back, her S's were were like this. And when she first came on, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's really going to be distracting. And I'm not making fun of her, but it was just like, wow, that's I was used to her sounding one way. And now she didn't. And once they said, hey, we're so happy that she's back and she's, you know, she's gone through this cancer scare. And within 45 seconds, it's for me, it's a little bit like when you you walk in and you forgot to take out the trash and there's a whole bunch of dead eggs and you're like, uh, and you're like, it's like, oh, that's, it's burning my nose. And 45 seconds later, your nose is kind of like tuned it out. <clears throat> and so now it's the same thing. It's, it's almost like a, uh, what's the, the, like an accent. Like after a while, if I hear somebody who's got a, a super thick Scottish brogue at first, I'm like, Oh man, I can't understand a word the guy's saying. And then after a while, my ears just kind of get used to it. 
and it's not distracting. So I, I, I wouldn't. I think the the fact that you mention it right up front, Scott, is disarming, and uh, it, you address the elephant in the room right away, so people aren't going, "Man, what is going on?" Like yeah. what. Scott is three sheets to the wind recording this show. Like, come on, buddy, like sober up before you record. And then you're like, uh, no, I have Parkinson's disease. So if that were 10 minutes into the episode, that's yeah. all I would be focusing yeah. on is why, why, why the speech impediment, but you hit it right up front. And then we're like, Oh, all right, well now, now it makes sense. And then we just roll on and we don't think yeah. a second thing of it. You know, it's like if a guy walks in with no leg, you're like, don't look at his leg. Don't look at his leg. Don't look at his leg. You know, because you're like, wonder why how he lost his leg. And then, you know, once we talk about, hey, I don't have a leg because, you know, I had to get it amputated. <laughs> then it's then then you don't even notice. He, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice he doesn't have a leg anymore because we've already talked about it. Right. All right. Well, you know, there was a time right after one of my brain surgeries when I went back into the TV newsroom. I answered the phone and it was like this. And the woman I was talking to said, if you're going to be drunk, then I'm not even going to talk to you. Click. And I was like, if I'm going to be drunk, all right, I'm going to be drunk. <laughs> if I'm going to be drunk, I probably wouldn't be running a newsroom. Yeah. But thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah. How many brain surgeries have you had? I didn't even know you had brain surgery. That's crazy. I've had three. Wow. They, I don't shake like Michael J. Fox because I have these uh, probes in my brain that that go down a wire to this control box implanted in my chest, and it shuts off the tremors. Really? The thing is, the, thing is the, the area of the brain that controls tremors is that close to the speech center. Okay. So on the second surgery, they placed the probe and the surgeon said don't worry we'll go back in i'll move it i'll go back in one more time without really causing a problem if i don't get it right this time you're stuck with it oh wow <laughs> Since, uh, he, he fixed it but it's always been a fight between having no tremors and a voice like this or yeah. a great voice and tremors you know i have an adjustment i can make but Overall, I mean, I've gotten used to it, and I hope the audience does too. Absolutely, you know, I don't want—I don't want them to pity me. I'm not trying to say, "Hey, listen to this show because I have a brain disease." Right. You know. Well, you're a champ and a award-winning journalist, so you—you you obviously know what you're doing on that side, and I love the fact that you—that uh, you—you're not letting it stop you, and you keep fighting the fight. So. Fantastic. Congratulations. Very proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like I say, when I, I was listening to this and, you know, usually I can find something to, to nitpick on. And I was like, the audio was good. The intro was good. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, the outro was good website, except for one link. I, I know Eric, I, I, you know, any any advice going forward? It was kind yeah, of like I'm the same way. I didn't find anything that was wrong with the episode. The only things I'm bringing up are are ways to just make it a little bit better. You know, uh, I had a boss that always said, you know, things are great. We're always working on that last ten percent to to make it perfect, and uh, that's all we're doing. You know, ask a few more questions that get your guests to tell stories. And uh, and uh, expose a little bit more about yourself on the show, so we get to know and love you a little bit more. 
And that just makes the show better. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just, I think the show is solid the way it is. Let's just find a way to, to ratchet it up a little bit more. Well, thanks. You know, I'll be the first to say that after listening to you and Dave for several years and doing your your free half hour of consulting, doing Dave's podcast rodeo, I've managed to take all those things and combine them. So, I mean, if I have a successful show, honestly, it's due to you two guys and what you've taught me through the lessons I've learned listening to your podcast. I appreciate that, but you know, we can only provide the information. If you don't take action on it, uh, it doesn't, you no good. And that's what you've done is you've actually, we can hear it coming through the speakers. You've, you've taken the information and the teachings that we have, and you've actually put it to use and uh, it shows on your show. So nice job. Yeah. Well done. And again, you, you can find Scott at code and the number three podcast.com. Uh, you can find me over at school of you can find Eric over at podcasttalentcoach.com. And if you'd like to be reviewed, simply go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Scott's got the chair all warmed up and uh, we'll bring you on and help you figure out what you're doing right. So you can do more of that and find those things that need a little bit of polish. And uh, so we can help you uh, maybe stop doing that or find a better way to do that. So thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the podcast review show. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for absolutely free and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course, but there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah. That's like, holy cow. It's coming right up. All you have to do is go to school slash book launch. That's school slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.